Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Good Tuesday morning. And you know, one thing that got a little overlooked on an NFL Monday when there is so much stuff to talk about is the fact that, you said it, fellas, is the fact that we had a changing of the guard atop the conference standings Mm -hmm. or has simply order been restored? It depends on your perspective. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin presented here by Progressive Insurance. All of our guests, including A.J. Hawk, who has... Quite an interest in a couple of his old teams, the Packers and the Ohio State Buckeyes coming up here in just 30 seconds. The changing of the guard, you woke up Monday and Kansas City and not Pittsburgh was in first place in the AFC. And you woke up on Monday and it was the Green Bay Packers and not the New Orleans Saints that are in first place in the NFC. So you got Kansas City and Green Bay. Many think they're on a collision course for Super Bowl 55. The future of the league, the present of the league, and Patrick Mahomes versus a guy that's going to leave an incredible legacy in Aaron Rodgers. Both guys looking for Super Bowl championship number two, and both in some way, whatever order you want, going 1-2 in the MVP race. And for more on that, let's bring in A.J. Hawk. He's a BCS national champion, a Super Bowl champion, a two-time All-American at Ohio State. Is that all he did? His player resume brought to you by Indeed. Hiring you need Indeed. Learn more at Indeed.com slash credit. AJ, that's Jay Will giving you a shout-out. Let's start here. Let's start with the NFL. We'll get to Ohio State in a moment because I know Jay Will is rare to talk about his Buckeyes with you. But first things first, you've watched Aaron Rodgers' entire career. Is the way he's playing right now, is this the best football we have seen from Aaron Rodgers? Well, that's a, that's a great question. I mean, was, we've seen him do so many special things over the years, and I got to see it firsthand for so long. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I'd be, I'd be hard-pressed to, to point to a, a time in his career where I could say, oh, yeah, he was far and away playing better then than he is right now. Like, I feel like this year he's found a way to kind of – he's kind of put it all together, like physically, mentally. Like, he, you watch him play. He just, looks like, he just looks like he's having so much fun. It looks like it's – it's easy for him, which is something that he's been able to do his whole career. And you mentioned he and Patrick Mahomes, uh, like, you know, standing up top and fighting, uh, fighting for that MVP race. I tell you what, it just got me thinking, like, State Farm is not too upset. State Farm has both of them and their campaigns running commercial <laughs> all over the place. Like, those guys, those, that was money well spent to get those two guys. How confident are you that the Packers can make a serious, and I mean serious, Super Bowl run? Uh, I mean, I'm I'm very very confident in in what their offense is able to do, and mainly because of uh, of what Aaron can do. And Devontae Adams is one of the most, uh, for some reason, like under the radar, unbelievable superstars out there in the league. I think he's finally starting to get a little pub of, of what he deserves. But he is so good, and he's so good for the team, and such a good leader. But I'm super confident in their offense, their defense. I'm most of the times I'm very confident, but I just what worries me is what happened last year in the NFC Championship game when. Uh, the Niners were able to kind of run all over them. I just hope something like that doesn't happen again to where their defense can kind of get exposed when it really matters. Can it, will it take for them to have the number one seed to get one of these Tampa Bays, one of these New Orleans, the Rams, Seattle, to that minus degree temperature in Lambeau for them to advance to Tampa Bay for the Super Bowl? I mean, it definitely can't hurt. I think we we know that they can play well in cold weather, and some teams some teams handle it better than others, depending on who comes in. I mean, there's so much just up in the air. I feel like in the AFC and NFC this year, the what are the Saints going to be? When does Drew Brees come back? Are the Rams all right? Are they legit? Like they they're up and down their consistency, but they look pretty good right now. And Tampa Bay with Tom Brady, I don't know exactly who they are. I know they got a win last week, but. 
it's just a, it's such a unique year. I have a hard time predicting anything when I'm trying to pick, like, oh, who may win this game? I don't know. Like, you never know what's going to happen. Patriots go out and win, what, 45-0 a couple weeks ago? Like, I could have never guessed that. AJ, what's the one thing that could derail the Packers' chance to win a Super Bowl? Well, first off, um, you got to make sure you find a way to keep Aaron upright and keep him healthy. That's the biggest thing, I think. You, you need him in the lineup. And guys like Devontae and the running backs and their offensive line has done a good job, too. But I think a team that could come in and be fairly balanced and have success running the ball and, and letting that open up everything else and, and trying to – when a team could do that and if they can control the ball and keep it out of Aaron's hands and kind of keep the Packers' offense off the field, that's what would scare me the most if I was uh, – if I was on the Packers team right now, I don't want to say scary, but I should say as a fan right now, that's what does scare me when I think about what could happen to them in the playoffs. Well, who would be some of those teams? What's an example? Man, like, the Saints always worry me. I never know exactly what they're going to be. They're, 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 they have the ability to be so explosive offensively in their defense. I know they didn't do it last week as much as they have throughout the year, but their defense can play, and those guys can fly, and they can create turnovers. So a team like that would worry me a, a little bit. Um, I, I guess when I look around the NFC East, I, I don't know if I if I really have, would worry too much about Washington. Now I know you can't take anyone lightly, but it, they don't have uh, they're not scoring a ton of points offensively. Their defense knows how to score points though, so they're always going to battle. But a, a team like New Orleans and the, the Bucks, if they find a way to put it together here in these last three weeks of the regular season and start to play their best football, that'd be a team I'd keep an eye on too. A.J. Hawk is joining us, the former Packers and Ohio State linebacker. We dug in deep with Green Bay. Let's get to your alma mater, the Buckeyes. What do you feel about their chances to make the playoff, and how do you feel like the Big Ten has handled them and all of this controversy this year surrounding the minimum game requirement? Well, I think uh, we could have seen this one coming back when they – they postponed the season back in the day, and then they make the announcement they're coming back, and there's still like six weeks until they started. I, I knew right there I started to get worried. Like, wait, why are we waiting six weeks to get started again when these guys were out there working and, and doing voluntary and different workouts together? So they didn't leave themselves any room. But uh, I, I think with what the the committee did going back and, and getting Ohio State in the uh, in the, the Big Ten championship game, I think it's right. I think it's the right move to make. And guess what? I am biased. I went to Ohio State. <laughs> I live in Ohio now. So, sure, you can call me biased. But if you're trying to find the four best football teams in the nation, I certainly agree that Ohio State is in the argument to be one of those top four teams. But, but AJ, is it is it right to put them in the playoffs with – Right now, they would have a minimum of six game, a maximum of six games with the the Big Ten championship. When there's other teams that have played, you know, several more games, is it right just to stick them in there because of the brand? Uh, I guess it depends on who you're asking. Or if uh, we all know, like the brand and the money that Ohio State can bring in for for you know networks and everyone involved. Um, I don't know if it's right. I don't know if it's fair, but I, mean, I think that's kind of where we are right now in, in 2020. The NFL season, I know going into the year, they said, like, hey, this is not going to be a completely fair situation and it's not going to be you know, a balanced competitive field. Like, there could be ups and downs, and you never know if you're going to have how many guys are going to be available for games due to COVID and everything. So it, it, I don't know if it's right or fair. That's a great question. It, it depends who you ask, but I, I think it's – I guess it, it may not be fair to some teams, but I, I think it's the right move right now. 
AJ, mm-hmm. if USC is 5-0, and if you could flip them, would you have USC in? No. Should I? Do you think I should, Jay Will? I'm asking you, but Keyshawn's been making a push for USC to get in there. I just I wanted to hear what you thought Don't speak was. for me. Well, I hear you every day. <laughs> I, I understand. Hey, my, my good buddy Graham Harrell is the offensive coordinator out there at USC, and I, I love that guy. I think he's, uh, he's going to be a head coach soon. Um, but uh, I, I'd be weary of putting him in. I, I think it's, it's definitely something that I think people at USC have an argument. I, I really think they – they should be ranked a little bit higher, and they understand, like, hey, what's going on? We're still undefeated, too. Um, but, yeah, I don't, I don't know. That's, I what, I was going, that's what I was going to ask you, AJ. What's the difference between Ohio State and USC? Both are 5-0. and Both are going into championship weeks to play in for the championship title. What's the difference? You can't, you can't make the argument that Ohio State is playing better competition. No, you can't, and I, I agree with you there. Um, I, I think, I guess, what's the only difference the last – eight, ten years of how they played? Is that what the committee goes off of? Like the success that they have had and the brand that they've built? And we know USC is an absolute national brand, and they are unbelievable. But if this was the USC back when Liner and, and Reggie were there when I was in college, and you got Keanu Reeves and Snoop in the end zone and all these celebrities everywhere, and they're taking over the world, maybe USC would get in if they were 5-0 right now. But I think they're a little bit removed from all of that success that they yeah, have had. Bias. And I think maybe that, that takes some of it. West Coast, East Coast bias. I don't want to hear that mess. <laughs> hey, at least hey, you're right. You're right, man. It happens on the West Coast. We don't see that here. We're in bed. That's the problem for you guys. <laughs> An admission of guilt that a lot of people don't want to come forward with, but at least it's equal time. Key's equally biased, and so is AJ as he gets set to watch his Buckeyes play in the Big Ten Championship game for the fourth straight year. Really appreciate your perspective on the NFL and college football this morning and best of luck to all your teams with an S moving forward. Thanks, AJ. Appreciate you, AJ. Thanks, guys. I enjoyed the show. Thank you very much. Last thing I want to quickly mention, Ohio State playing in the Big Ten Championship game for the fourth straight year, but for the second time in three years, they're playing Northwestern. I know nobody's giving Northwestern a chance. They're going to get blown oh, out, God, all that sort go, of stuff. The fighting Reese Davison. The fighting Reese Davison. Get ready to give me a long history of comes Northwestern stat, and what they've done. And Go ahead. We can start with Key's game against them in the mid-'90s, which Key would certainly love to go down memory lane with that, with the Trojans over the Wildcats. But I just want to mention for Northwestern, it's an amazing achievement to be there for the second time in three years. Ohio State, you're just expecting them to be there. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Protecting your small business is a big deal. Cover what you work so hard for. Visit ProgressiveCommercial.com. Key's real rankings are on the way, including a team in the top three that has not made noise in the NFL in 25 years. Key will unveil that team on the way, but first a reminder that beginning Tuesday, January 5th, Mike Greenberg begins his show, Greeny, immediately following Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin right here on ESPN Radio. Greeny will take you inside the stories of the day as only he can. Have all the big newsmakers you'd expect and interact with you every single weekday. From Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin, right into Greeny, weekday mornings, right here on ESPN Radio. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. 
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Keyshawn's NFL Power Rankings. I'm the smartest guy in the box, so I like that too. Key's Real Rankings. Big thing with Key's Real Rankings, of course, is always... How many teams are going to be in Key's Real Rankings? Jay doing us the honors to start us out. N-O dot Ocho. Tennessee. Who wants to tackle Derrick Henry? Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> well, I look at the Tennessee Titans. I look at Derrick Henry and some of the things that he's been able to do over the last couple of weeks. Nobody wants to get in his way. You're right about that, Jay Will. I mean, this guy is ridiculous. And imagine a car coming at you on a football field. That's exactly what that looks like for those opposing defenders. They're sitting at number eight. Siete, the Colts. Playoffs? Don't talk about it. Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? The Indianapolis Colts went out to Vegas. They gambled, but not in the casino. They went out there and gambled and won big over the Raiders. And when the Raiders did what they did in losing that game and then firing their defensive coordinator before he can even get home, that's what happens when you run up against Philip Gun Rivers. I said it, Gun Rivers, because we all thought that he would be tricking the season off, throwing 20 interceptions like he did last year. So far, only 9 to 20 touchdowns. Hands up. Number CS, the Steelers. We got to make routine plays routinely, and we're not making them routinely enough right now. Well, that's true. You're not doing anything routinely except losing football games. But I think that when you look at this football team and Mike Tomlin, they're going to get their act together. I promise you. But right now, the Pittsburgh Steelers sit at number six. They've been all over the map from two to three to four. Now they're at six. They've lost two straight games in a row. Big Ben, the defense, has to get it together so they can find themselves in a nice playoff spot and try to get that number one seed back. Numero five, the Rams. When Jared Goff is on, man, he's cooking. I'm just being honest with you. Yes, that is correct. He is cooking. After a long, hard talk with Coach Head Coach Sean McVay, Jared Goff went out there and took care of business against the New England Patriots. When you look at this football team, they got all the weapons that you need from Higby to Cooper Cup to Robert Woods. They've even under they've even found a guy named Cam, and I'm not talking about Cam Newton. I'm talking about Cam Akers, young running back out of Florida State, who has them right now in the number five spot. I think they're a real playoff contender. No dot cuatro. The Saints. We don't think what you think. Well, this breaks my heart that I have to put the New Orleans Saints at number four, but that's okay. I think they'll climb their way back into the number two spot or maybe even the number one spot in front of Kansas City. When you look at it, they beat the Kansas City Chiefs. They go up to number one. Yes, it is called nepotism. They have to get Drew Brees back healthy and in the lineup because Taysom Hill's done about as much as he can do. We saw him against the Philadelphia Eagles. Didn't play great. Didn't play bad. But in the middle, it's not going to be good enough down the stretch. Medal three, the Bills. No one circles the wagons. 
like the Buffalo Bills. That is correct. That's my man, Chris Berman. When you look at the Bills, I've been fighting this all year long. I finally had to cave in and give the Bills some love. Sitting at number three in my real rankings, Josh Allen has been everything that he's supposed to be for the Buffalo Bills. We have these conversations about quarterbacks getting paid. Right now, out of that class, he's the guy that needs to be paid. Getting Stephon Diggs was huge for Brandon Beam, the general manager of the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are one of those teams that can make a deep run in the playoffs and give the Kansas City Chiefs some noise. If they got to go to Kansas City, obviously the weather will not be a factor. Number two. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. The Packers. Here's another team in talking about weather. If they get the number one seed, they might as well punch their ticket to Tampa Bay to warm weather to the Super Bowl because the teams that they're going to have to face are either coming out of the West Coast, coming out of warm weather, or coming out of a dome. That is not what they want to see in Green Bay in the month of January. I've been there and done that. That is not pleasant, especially with Aaron Rodgers knowing how to play. Number one, Kansas City. I'm going to go get the biggest cheeseburger you've ever seen. (laughs) Might be a double. I think in all of this year, Kansas City may have fell out of the number one spot maybe once. And that's because Andy Reid didn't get a chance to eat that cheeseburger against the Las Vegas Raiders. But since then, I don't even know where to start. They spot teams 20 points, spot teams 14 points, and all they say is we're going to turn on the switch and go get them. And that's what they've been able to do with the future head coach of Eric Bieniemy. You know, it's so funny to me because I feel – I feel torn in this situation when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs and Eric Bieniemy getting a head coaching job. I'd like for the Kansas City Chiefs to make him the highest paid offensive coordinator in the history of the NFL, meaning like three, four, five million dollars to be the OC mm. so he could sit tight right there with Patrick Mahomes and wait for Andy Reid to walk out of the building and take over mm. Pat Mahomes unless he goes to Houston and get Deshaun Watson. Now, outside of that, Stay in KC and get your money, man. And, Key, that's a great point, as Jay would be able to tell us quite easily. That's essentially what happens in the NBA when you want to keep a top assistant, right? You want to keep Teron Lue around, won a championship with LeBron, just make him the highest-paid assistant in the NBA. When Lue starts to think, you know what, I got the juices again to be a head coach, or in this case for Biennemi to be a first-time head coach, I'm going to jump when the situation is right. I'm going to go to a good team. You sort of just wait it out and play the long game. Jay, I know you want to jump in here. Only only different. Difference, Zubin, is that there's not a coup going on in Kansas City like there was with the Clippers. It's just saying. Just right. saying. That's yeah, right. and, and the thing, and the reason I brought that up because I've been thinking about that and looking at all the openings and the possibilities and stuff like that, and I'm saying to myself, if I'm Andy Reid and I'm the Kansas City Chiefs, yes, I want Eric Bieniemy to move on and get a job because he deserves it. He deserves to run his own organization and franchise. There's no question about it, but there's something – that's cooking there. And we're talking about these, you know, uh, uh, greatest of all times, these Super Bowls, what Patrick Mahomes can do. You know, when you take somebody away from a quarterback, like an Eric Bieniemy, somebody that's been in his headset for several years, it, it does something to that player sometimes. And so, and Andy Reid's not young, and I don't know how long Andy Reid wants to coach, but he's not like 42 so to speak, right? And so if you say that the number for Eric Bieniemy as a head coach is $4 million a year, and I may be high, I don't really know the numbers, but let's call it four for conversation's sake. 
get close to that, very close to that as the Kansas City Chiefs, and do what the New England Patriots essentially did with Josh McDaniels when he decided to go to Indiana, uh, Indianapolis and then come back. Go to him and say, look, we got this for you over the next two to three years. Andy's going to step aside. You can take over. We want you to be a Kansas City Chief. And when, whenever Andy retires, it's your job to lose. Jay, it's before, yours. Sorry, Jay, before you jump in, just want to answer Key's question. Andy Reid is 62 years old. You might recall in August, he and the GM, Brett Veach, signed concurrent six-year contracts. So 62 with the Super Bowl. Six years would obviously take you to 68, obviously considering we don't know what's going to happen next week. It's hard to extrapolate out six years. But Jay, those are the numbers. At the age of 62, remember Belichick's the oldest coach in the league. He's nearing 70. No reason to think Andy can't keep it going for a while and really put Eric in the position that I think Bill wants to put Josh McDaniels in. No, I, I hear, you know, just looking at some of the top paid NFL coaches, Bill Belichick, 12 million, Pete Carroll, 11, John Gruden, 10. I mean, it depends upon if somebody comes to the table with a massive amount of money, but I, I agree with Key. I think you try to do everything in your power to keep them there in Kansas City. Look, they're the Golden State Warriors, right? Like, they're that talented of a team. When you have Jeff Darlington, who I really value his opinion on things because he's always around. I mean, he was even the first one to call Tom Brady going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, he, he literally called Patrick Mahomes the Michael Jordan of NFL football. He said he has a chance he's moving in that direction. So anything to keep that core together, if your winning percentage is the way it's been, you keep it together for as long as possible. And I know, and I know it's going to be hard, man. It's going to be, it's going to be hard. I mean, think about it. Matt Rule got the type of, of money and, and length of contract coming from college to Carolina. I mean, it's going to be hard to say no when you get the opportunity like Eric Bieniemy. I'm just hoping and praying for – uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes' sake, the team's sake, that a guy like Eric Bieniemy could be around for several years and then kind of, you know, be handed the keys to the car but made sure that he's compensated enough to make it work. Look, think about it. Uh, Jason Garrett, when he was there with Wade Phillips, Jerry Jones made him the highest paid offensive coordinator, waiting in the wings, uh, assistant, you know, head coach, all of those sort of things. So when Wade Phillips decided to part – they just went right to Jason Garrett. So it could be one of those situations with Andy Reid, but I'm probably betting against myself on this one. Hmm. Key, we just got 30 seconds on this, but I just wanted to bring this up again. Matt Rule, $60 million contract to come from Baylor, never coached an NFL game, got $60 million, never <laughs> exactly. coached an NFL game. Wow. I got to ask you this, though, just in the, in the last 30 seconds, as we got a Super Bowl champion like yourself on the way here in just a moment. The only thing about the enemy staying is if for whatever reason – the Chiefs just go off the tracks, or God forbid, like Mahomes were to get injured. Everything Eric Bieniemy has going for him is tied to Patrick Mahomes. And if in any way that starts to slip or is mitigated, that could have people look at Bieniemy differently. Well, it, it, it's going to have, if he goes to another team, they, they're certainly going to follow him when he goes to a Houston or goes to a New York Jets or maybe a Chicago opening up, or maybe he likes the Detroit job that those conversations are going to come up regardless. That's just, that's the world of sports that we live in, but you compensating enough to where he doesn't even have to worry about it. Fair enough. On the way in one minute, he protected one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He weighs in on an all time great performance from Lamar Jackson right after sports center.
And Jay has made an editorial decision to say, hey, we got to talk about the NBA. Hey, come on. The season starts one week from today. Zion Williamson got in a little preseason work yesterday. 26 points, 11 boards, 33 minutes in a game against Miami. They got Toronto in their season opener. That'll be in eight days from now. Remember, Zion, no minutes restriction. And he's essentially going to be playing the four all season long. That's according to Executive Vice President David Griffith. First full season for Zion. It'll be great to see what happens. We'll wait to see what happens with the Indians moving forward. They're going to be known as the Cleveland Indians through the 2021 season. As expected, they want to drop the moniker, but it's just too difficult with so many logos and nicknames on store shelves, business, advertising, merchandising. It's just hard to get done before the start of spring training, so they're going to hold off according to the owner, Paul Dolan, and then embark on a journey to see what their new name will be. But one last year for the Cleveland Indians, 100 plus years with that moniker. And from the Cleveland Indians to the Cleveland Browns, a little heartbreak losing last night to the Ravens on a Monday night classic. Lamar Jackson was balanced, threw for 163, ran for 124. Also, as you may have noticed, ran out of the locker room to save the Ravens and likely their playoff hopes. 47-42 last night on ESPN's Monday Night Football. They got the Jags, losers of 12 in a row. The Browns on a short week, back in front of America again. They got the Giants this time on Sunday Night Football. And SportsCenter is brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Look, we all accidentally damage our phones. It happens. Now, Straight Talk Wireless' new Platinum Unlimited plan includes phone protection, just 65 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, data, and more. See mobile protect terms and conditions at Asurion.com. Straight Talk limitations and exclusions apply. It's always a pleasure to be joined by a guy who I think in one of the great journeys. He joins us every week. Jeff Saturday went from undrafted to Super Bowl champion, and he's with us this morning on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Jeff, you spend most of your career, I want to go off the board here, you spend most of your career protecting a pretty solitary quarterback, a guy, a pretty sedentary guy that just sort of sat there and picked apart defenses forever, of course, in Peyton Manning. Um, what do you think it would be like for you as one of the great centers of your time to protect a guy that had the ability and the athleticism of Lamar Jackson. Incredible, man. I mean, you, you got a front and center seat to one of the, the most athletic players in NFL history. I mean, how much fun is it to watch him and what he's capable of doing? I mean, think about just last night alone, one game, you're watching him zone read and take it to the house. You're watching him scramble and take it to the house. You're watching him fake the scramble on fourth down and throw it over the top. I mean, just absolutely incredible things to watch. And you're five yards from it, Zub. You know what I mean? It don't get any better than that from an offensive line perspective. He can make you look better than you are. And that's the most appreciated asset of any skilled player or skilled mm-hmm. position. Make me look better than I am, man. I'm all for it, baby. <laughs> Jeff, the uh, Ravens in their last two games have scored over <clears throat> 30 points in each of those games, 34 and 47. What's going on with that offense right now that they're able to put up those type of points? Yeah, they find their formula, right, Key? Like, I mean, we, we talked about this, you know, the, the entire season, the whole, you know, we need Lamar Jackson to be more of a pocket passer. We're going to need Lamar Jackson, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, yet last night, the last couple of weeks, this is the formula for the Ravens. Ultimately, he needs to be the catalyst of your offense. That's running it. 
and throwing it, right? And and I don't care which is preferred, whatever's needed, make that be the moment. But don't go in with this designed idea of we're going to have to force this guy to play a certain way. You saw what makes him so scary to defenses last night is 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 the ability to to put them, you know, kind of kind of in 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 a defensive mode, like for lack of a better term, they don't know which way to respond. Can they play man? Can they do they have to play zone? All the questions come in, but when you limit him and make him a, a, a just a natural statue, like we just talked about with a, hey, we're going to sit him five yards behind us, make him go read and, and figure out this defense, I think it, it I think it limits his performance. I think last night and, again, the last two weeks showed, this is what you need to do from the Ravens' offense. Continue this formula. This gives you the best opportunity to get to the playoffs and then make noise in the playoffs. Look, Jeff, he had the cramps, right? He, he cramped up. He went into the locker room in the fourth quarter. He came back out with two minutes to go with a Superman-like performance. What did you make of that moment? The last time I seen somebody do that was Paul Pierce. Ugh. Yeah, save, save the season, right? I mean, like, I mean, you can shake it however you want. They lose that game; uh, they're not making the playoffs. So, you know, that he comes in, obviously, you know, in a, in a tough situation for McSorley. You hate that he goes down injured, but he runs out, gets ready. Um, you know, the only thing that was lacking was the, you know, was the white towel as he's running in. You know what I mean? So, but when you saw, I'll tell you, the most amazing part for me, Key, was the ability to be accurate on the throw as he's getting out to buy time to the right. And you saw the Browns' defense, they have to push up because they know if he pulls it down or if he continues to scramble, he can hurt you either way. So they come up, all of a sudden he dumps it over to Hollywood Brown. Just an incredible play. But to do that, being cold was pretty spectacular. Jeff, I don't know if I wanted to see the white towel when he came out. Um, Moving on. What, what did you think about the, the Browns? And <laughs> what, were, what were some of the, the positives that you were able to take away from a game, even though it seems like the Ravens have their number? What were the positives you took away from the Browns? I think Mayfield's performance would be what I would take away, right? The last two weeks against two very good teams, he has performed better than I guess expected, right? I mean, he, he plays well. Um, and again, you know, there's you know the moral victories. I get Kevin Stefanski was like, hey, we don't take that. I get that. That that's all true. But I thought from Mayfield's perspective, you're seeing growth and development. And I think it all comes off of Chubb and Hunt and the ability to run the ball, play action. And then when he was called upon last night because of the Raven Stout defense and hey, you got to you got to use your arm. He was kind of up to the task. The, the one thing I would say. The, 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 when, when you talk about Baker Mayfield and kind of what's been on him, he's had so many head coaches, coordinators, all this. He's finally finding a rhythm. And, and again, you're watching his progression and maturation, and he's getting better every week. You hate the interception uh, you, you know, that turns around to be seven points for the Ravens. That, those you have to eliminate. But I think you're seeing steady progression from Mayfield, which gives them confidence about the way that this, this team is going to progress. Let's go to another team in the same division and talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, what do you see happening with them after losing two straight? 
Yeah, listen, they, they, they got to find a way. You know, the crazy part is you heard Tomlin a week ago say, hey, if we can't get a yard, we don't deserve to win, right? I mean, that's kind of a co- coaching adage and that he, that he you know, holds dear to his heart. Well, if you can't catch, you can't win either, and, and they're not doing either. So if, if two of the three things, you can't get the yard and you can't catch, man, you, you know, you got some serious problems. You know, they had to sit Johnson. You see Ebron, he's struggling a little bit catching the ball uh, as well, and I know they're focusing on it working on it, but if, if you're going to go five wides – and let Roethlisberger kind of be the guy and dink and dunk that's going to replace your run game, those guys have to be – I mean, they, they, it's got to be automatic. You can't have drops. I, I would say from the Steelers' perspective, they have got to find a way to generate running capabilities. Like, it, you're not going anywhere in the playoffs to be one-dimensional because from their defensive perspective, they're banged up, right? And, and they're, they're, kind of holding the, you know, they're kind of holding the line. But when you get into playoff football and you start doing these things, at some point you have to be able to control the clock, control the momentum of the game. And right now the Steelers the last couple of weeks have not shown that they're capable of doing that. Speaking of control and momentum of games, Sunday Jalen Hurts – took the New Orleans Saints to the woodshed in its first start. You've played with young quarterbacks before. What did you make of his performance against the Saints, Jeff? Yeah, pretty spectacular. And I'll say this. I mean, I, you look at his numbers, and I know they're pedestrian, right? I think he was 17 to 30. He, you know, it, it, it's not like he was the most accurate guy. But but the, the life that he breathed into this team – it's something that's palpable, right? Like when you look at that and you watch their team, every area of the team played better when he was on the field. And can I? Can you lay it all at Hurts? I don't know, but but I do know that when he played, it looked different. And, and you know, even the Sanders touchdown, you know, the, the the big the big run touchdown, you saw Fletcher Cox on the sideline running down with Sanders. Like the energy around the team, for whatever reason, was just intensified, and, and you saw the way they played. And, and, I, and I get again. You go back to the numbers, and if you you know if you you scratched everybody's name out, it would look pretty similar to what Carson Wentz did. But his decision making, right? And he, he was emphatic in what he was going to do. That's the true difference, right? When he saw the play breaking down. I'm going to run it. And there he goes, right? Key, like he goes and makes a play. Hey, I'm going to get rid of it right now. I'm not going to take the sack and put our team back behind the chains. All of those decisions I thought were almost perfect, in all honesty. And, and that's a tough thing to do against a, an incredible defense or a, a very hot defense and a young player. Like both of those things coupled together, I just thought he played uh, exceptionally well for his first game. And I'm not just talking about, I know his accuracy, people are going to go, hey, you know, his, he was the same guy. No, no, because for whatever reason, the energy he brought and on the zone reads making people stay home I just thought it, I thought it brought everybody and I thought it elevated Doug Peterson's game and play calling which we know needed to be better as well Jeff you- what did you make of the fact that Doug Peterson yesterday uh, came out in a statement and pretty much said that hey look I'm not sure if Jalen Hurts is a starter I need to go back and review the tape and then literally three hours later he comes out and says hey I reviewed the tape Jalen Hurts yeah. is going to be the starter like what do you make of this whole debacle about him not coming out and saying Jalen Hurts you played well thank you for energizing our team let's move forward with you yeah, waste of time, right? Like everybody in the country knew Jalen Hurts was going to come back and be your guy the next week. You have to watch the film to know that you just beat the Saints. Like it, it don't take me any time to realize, hey man, we won. We haven't been doing that a lot lately. I'm going to go with that guy. You know what I mean? And again, coaches get all kinds of things. Maybe he had to call Carson. Who knows? Like who, who knows for whatever reason he decided to make that. But everybody else knew there was there was no surprise. He's coming back going, hey, Hurts is going to be our guy. I, I was I'm, honestly I'm surprised that it was even in question. 
question for the rest of the season unless Hurts just completely struggled, right? If, if he completely struggled, I would understand it. But but to keep – even if it was a tight game, I wouldn't have thought they would have made a change just because, again, the decisiveness of Jalen Hurts versus Carson Wentz at this point is a big deal. And he just looked better in totality uh, on Sunday. It'll be a fascinating matchup on Sunday, as Jeff said, because the other quarterback that he'll see in the desert had plenty of questions about him, Kyler Murray. He answered them to this particular point. Plenty of questions about Hurts remain as well. Fascinating storyline Sunday in the desert. You can see Jeff on Get Up, First Take Sports Center all throughout the day. Jeff, thanks very much. Appreciate it, fellas. Have a great one. Same to you. Jeff Saturday joined us on the Shell Pennzoil Performance Line. Pennzoil Synthetic Motor Oils made from natural gas, giving you unbeatable engine protection. The proof's in the Pennzoil based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. On the way, this team started the season with grand expectations, Super Bowl expectations, but now with just four wins, they are doubling down on bringing back their coach. Who's this all about? Keyshawn, J. Will, and Subin, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus, electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome. So you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Steven is Jerry's son. He's the chief operating officer of the Cowboys. Both he and his father have doubled down on Mike McCarthy remaining the team's head coach. Remember, McCarthy took one year off from coaching, came out of the Stone Age, and essentially said, I'm way into analytics. He was seen as the best hire of the offseason. It's Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin coming to you live from the Seaport District at Pier 17, brought to you by Chase. But the reality of the situation, fellas, is this. The Cowboys have a better chance to get a top-five pick in the 2021 NFL Draft than they do to make the playoffs. That certainly doesn't seem to be moving in the Super Bowl direction they had hoped when they hired a Super Bowl winning coach. I know Key wants to weigh in on there, but first let's hear from Stephen Jones, their executive VP COO on 105.3, the fans Casey and masterpiece when essentially asked this. Absolutely no change with coach McCarthy. And I am surprised, uh, you know, that someone would question uh, Mike, these unprecedented situation uh, that everybody's been in. And uh, on top of that, you know, no one's making excuses, but we have had some real challenges you know, in the injury category, and, uh, you know, if you look at his track record and his pedigree, you know, he's consistently won year in and year out, and uh, we have the utmost confidence that this ship is going to be righted quickly, and, uh, you know, Mike's going to be the leader 
leader of this group, and uh, he's certainly uh, a great head coach. And uh, I think, you know, we're going to see that, uh, you know, going forward that, uh, you know, he's, he's a great head coach in this league. He's accomplished a lot, and he's going to accomplish a lot more before it's all said and done. Sounds good. And once again, on 105.3, the fans' K&C masterpiece. He says he wants to turn it around quickly. I guess that depends on your definition of quickly. Quickly certainly doesn't appear to be one year. Fellas, Key, let me give you these stats. Jay Wayne as well here. Mike McCarthy spent 13 years as the Green Bay Packers head coach. He went to the playoffs eight straight times. After the 2007 season, the Packers went to the NFC Championship game. After the 2010 season, they won the Super Bowl. So, Key, that's exactly what they're expecting. That guy. They have not gotten that guy. Now, I completely understand there's a quarterback situation at work. You can only play with who you got. But what do you make of the fact that they're doubling down on what has to be a disappointing season by any standards, no matter who's under center? And, and I'm and I'm okay with them doubling down. I get it. I, I understand you hired them and, and you want to see it through because you believe in the head coach. That's okay. They didn't say that there wasn't going to be changes on the staff. They just said that they're not doing anything with Coach McCarthy. Doesn't mean Mike Nolan with that horrific defense, is coming back. Doesn't mean those things. So I understand Coach McCarthy, you kind of want to see what happens. There's a lot of injuries that have taken place. There's no question about it. I, I You look at some other teams across the landscape that have gone through injuries, whether it's the New England Patriots or whether it's the San Francisco 49ers, they've still kind of figured out how to win some games here and there. And I think, you know, you, you, you look at it if you're Jerry and you're Steven and you say, okay, I'm not going to blow it up. We may make some changes on our staff to get better. We'll get our quarterback back. We'll have our running back back. Hopefully a couple of our offensive linemen will get healthy. We'll draft some guys and we'll hopefully hit the ground running next year. I get it. I'm not. It's fine. It's, hey, they like it. I love it. I don't, I don't think there's a rush here. I think we'll learn in 2021 whether Mike McCarthy can actually meet high expectations that they have in Dallas. And look, let, let's be frank about it. Not having Dak, the heart and soul of this team, really hurts this squad. Obviously, key address Mike Nolan, uh, the defensive coordinator, and their defensive issues that need to be addressed in the offseason. But let's not act like the hype train for the Dallas Cowboys is not going to start again once Dak Prescott comes back to this team. We're going to start talking about his contract. We're going to start talking about all the weapons that he has. We're going to start talking about how they address some of the defensive issues. We're going to talk about how the door is wide open because the NFC East was so bad last year. Um, You're going to find out very quickly next year how much of patience that Jerry Jones has with this team and this head coach if they don't meet those expectations, which next year you will have to say again will be Super Bowl-worthy expectations going into next season. Key, let me ask you this. Give me the difference here, and I know you follow this as close as anybody. The Washington Redskins, the Washington football team, excuse me, on fire, four wins in a row. They're 6-7. and seven. They've played three different quarterbacks of all various levels. The Cowboys are 4-9 and nine They've played four, and I understand one of them was Ben DiNucci, which actually, yes, is an NFL quarterback. He will go down in history as an NFL quarterback. But answer me this, if I'm a frustrated Cowboys fan, in the division with another coach that's coached in a Super Bowl, granted McCarthy won the Super Bowl, but Ron Rivera, 6-7 and seven with three different QBs, we, Cowboys, are 4-9 and nine with four. If Rivera can overcome that adversity, isn't it fair to expect, to some degree, McCarthy to be comparable? Well, you're talking like a fan. 
right? You're talking unreasonable, <laughs> right? You, 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 you're looking at it as a fan. Jack Del Rio, Mike Nolan. Washington's front seven, eh, Cowboys front seven. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's different. You know, when are you playing those teams when you're Washington and beating those teams opposed to the Cowboys? I mean, it's a, it's two different situations. Um, from a fan's perspective, all you're looking at is the, the win-loss column. You're not looking at the fine details of everything. Washington has a better football team right now, especially on the defensive side. There, there is no Chase Young in Dallas. Come on, man, stop. On the way, something you've never seen before on a Monday Night Football broadcast. Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin, the podcast.